What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Planet Today. Today is Monday, November 14th, 2022. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here by myself today because we are about to air my interview with Baruz Mamadov of Berkham. Before we get into things, here's a quick note from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Here on the planet today, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy with two episodes every week coming your way Monday and Friday. And with that, we're going to get right into the interview. Today on the planet today, we are joined by Baruz Mamadov of Berkham. Baruz and Berkham aim to change the way plastics are produced, while most programs tend to focus on consumers of plastics. Their use of cutting-edge chemistry can reduce the amount of plastic needed in manufacturing by between 8 to 20%. With 74 billion pounds of plastic ending up in the environment every year, largely because of our over-dependence on single-use plastics, this is no small task, but an extremely important one. Baruz, welcome to the planet today. <coughs> Thank you, Matt. <coughs> it's my great pleasure to be here, and I have been... Looking forward for this uh, uh, the interview. I've been doing a great job in enlightening people about how we can save the planet and what we should do. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear more from you today about how, how you're working to save the planet here. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's start from the beginning. What first got you interested in environmentalism and sustainability? So, I mean, it's uh, the personal touch is that... Uh, so I really grew up in, in a household where uh, um, uh, the sustainability mattered. Uh, just my mom is, for example, is um, uh, head of sustainability at Bose, and before she was worked at IKEA. And as we grew up, we we had this uh, um, mindset that we have to care about the environment and the community we are in. We have to contribute, give it back. It's not only about taking. So mm -hmm. you, once you grew up with that, and you always look to the opportunity to, to contribute to the sustainability and in the community sustainability. So, and Berkham does exactly like that. Awesome. So, speaking of Berkham, what role does Berkham play in fighting plastic usage today? So, in plastic problem is a big uh, is a big huge problem uh, because plastic has so much good features like gas barrier, the, the mechanical properties. It's, it is great material to use that mm -hmm. in, in, from speaking from material science point of view, right? So uh, uh, what um, what Berkham says that, hey, guys, we can use plastic, but we can use less of it. 
So uh, that's, uh, we use, let's say, 8 to 20% less plastic per packaging. That's first contribution. Second contribution is that we extend product shelf life. So I'm speaking about your beverages, fresh cut foods like mm-hmm. uh, fruits and vegetables or sandwiches. We extend their product shelf life up to six times. And also we help the recycling of plastic, making sure the properties of recycled plastic doesn't degrade. Got it. So in founding Berkham, what role did your background in chemistry play in in that? Yeah, huge role. It helps to have my chemistry background, uh, the inventor and genius behind these technologies, Professor Tsai, she's a distinguished professor. So the, the background in chemistry helps to uh, understand and communicate. Especially the first time I heard about this, was my, I, I immediately realized that it's a big, huge market opportunity. So because our technology mm-hmm. can be applied for PET, which is like normal soda bottles, but also for polyethylene and polypropylene, which is trash bags and you know other most used uh, polymers. So because of this, my background, I could communicate to professor and uh, that in her language and immediately helped me to understand the potential market impact of this technology. And basically she convinced me to uh, join forces to, to help to commercialize this technology. It's so interesting with plastics how, you know, like you said, they're, they're very useful. It's mechanically speaking a good material, but the, the baggage that comes with using plastics, it's a lot more than a, than it's worth. So to see something coming in where, you know, you're addressing this on the production side instead of the usual method of telling people, hey, buy less water bottles, buy less straws, stuff like that. You know, this is something where you're taking a a real different approach to that solution that could play a huge factor. If, you know, you're saying that we can reduce our our plastic consumption by 20% just by working with Berkham. Yeah. So, uh, that that 20% and extending product shelf life, because this is, but sort of, let's step back. So um, um, the, the problem, if you ask my subjective opinion, I think a lot of industry experts will agree with me that um, the plastic is going to stay. It is not going to go away. So um, plastic pollution, it is not, our, we shouldn't be asking questions how we get rid of plastic. It's like how we recycle more plastic. Mm-hmm. How we use less of it? Uh, how we make use biodegradable plastic, biocompostable materials for packaging, right? So not more about because I don't think that we will able to uh, get rid of, of plastic in, in general. So I, mm-hmm. I, I don't see that happening. So yeah, um, our indeed so we approach things from the material point of view. It's not like behavioral, but material point of view. And besides using less plastic, we'll also extend the product shelf life, which is also contributes very huge to the waste. Imagine mm-hmm. that the fresh cut uh, fruits and vegetables, they have 10 to 14 days of shelf life. And then what happens that one of the reasons they spoil, not only, but um, the oxygen from the air diffuses to there and spoils it. So what we do, we because we increase barrier properties for oxygen and also for CO2, so we're able to extend that product shelf life. And the recycling is, is the big part of plastic solution too. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting with recycling because we did an episode a couple months ago now, and we were talking all about just the different types of materials and how recyclable they are. And I think the exact number was like 76% of aluminum that has ever been produced is still in use today because of how recyclable aluminum is. But with plastics, only nine to 11% ever gets recycled. And a lot of that comes down to, you know, people just aren't aware of what types of plastics are recyclable, which are not how to do it properly. And, Ultimately, I think putting that emphasis on the consumer is is the main challenge that's making that so unsuccessful. So to have a product come in where, you know, by by infusing this clay additive that your company is is working with, if that extends the shelf life and there's less plastic being used because of that, that kind of knocks out the consumer end of it to to some degree. Yeah, it is the solution I think it is about coming through the whole value chain, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not right to drop everything on the consumers and say, oh, guys, you don't drink a bottle, you know, that, that, that the thing, you don't use a single uh, used bottle. It doesn't work like that. Um, so uh, there are a couple of actually good news here. Um, first of all, in terms of uh, we see that a lot of people are in the industry, packaging industry, are shifting a lot of packages, shift toward. Um, PET plastic because it is PET compared to other plastics is well recycled, right? So the um, uh, compared to others, if I am not wrong, is 28 percent of PET is recycled. Speaking generally mm-hmm. speaking, compared and yeah, what kind of plastics are, are PETs? Like, what's an example of that? Beverage bottle, gotcha. Coca Cola okay. bottles, like um, Pepsi bottles, they are PET plastic bottles, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, People, industry likes it because compared to other plastics like trash bags, they're more recycled. And the good news is that um, to, you mentioned that uh, aluminum is um, um, most of it still in use, right? Mm-hmm. Um, part of this recycling is, is the infrastructure in terms of having the facilities which can process so much um, um, material. So uh, mm-hmm. the good news is that we are building that for plastic. As as industry understands the importance of this topic, more and more recycling facilities for PET is, is, is built. Um, yeah, so it needs time. Got it. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to take a guess here. I would guess that styrofoam is probably uh, not going to get any boosts here because it's yeah. it's just the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is the worst, but yeah. It's so cheap. That's the issue. You know, a lot of packing companies will say, yeah, it doesn't break down and it's not recyclable, but it's really cheap. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's refreshing to see a big push to I've seen some um, some of the boxes that are sent out in the mail now. They have that like plant-based plastic that biodegrades easier and it's full of air. So hoping stuff like that gets more and more use compared to the styrofoam. In, in that, in, it is happening. Let me tell you one interesting uh, factor. As I mentioned that, for example, uh, uh, PET is the most recycled, recyclable plastic and people start and use, trying to use that more as much as possible, of course. Price of recy- recycled PET, raw material for recycled price of recycled PET is 2.5 times more ex- expensive than virgin PET. And there is a 
a, a huge uh, shortage of recycled PET, obviously, which explains the prices that are higher, right? Mm-hmm. So my point is that uh, industry is willing to pay premium for recycled content. So coming to your point, yes, um, the form is, is cheap. I agree with that. But what we also see that market is willing to pay premium for alternatives. And that which yeah. comes from the consumers and industries, which sort of pushing the companies pay premium, but have more sustainable materials in the package. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really refreshing to see consumer power kind of taking shape. You know, we're, we're often at this point where we feel like we can't do much because when we're talking about single-use plastics or climate yeah. change or sustainability as a whole, it's a really big, broad problem that takes a lot of many solutions. It's it's not like there's one thing that's going to fix it. It's this jigsaw puzzle that we're trying to connect. So anytime that we as consumers can make our voices heard, whether it's with our voice or with our wallets, yeah. you know, it's it's a big win. And and like you said, paying that premium to make a better product or to use a better system, I think a lot of people are very on board with that. So yeah. so. Uh- Recently, I was listening to this audio book about, I was curious about the history of this sustainability movement and climate change. So it goes back to the late 70s. Um, uh, but, you know, um, it took, and it didn't happen actually uh, until early 2000s. You know, so it took 40, uh, 40 more than I have said 40 years, but what I am seeing, and it, it's really last, let's say, five to seven years, maybe 10 years, this is picking up. Mm-hmm. So um, we see the uh, shift, but it took us, I don't know, 40, 50 years to get here, right? Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I started college in 2013, yeah. and the shift between how... I felt, and, and I majored in environmental studies. Uh-huh. I was very sustainability focused. My, my classes were all like that. And we felt kind of like we were still trying to explain to people the importance of, of why we should care yeah. about uh-huh. solving climate change. Yeah. And the shift between when I started versus when I started grad school in 2017, it just seemed like it was a world of difference. And all of a sudden, everyone was like, yeah, this is a really big problem we need to know how to fix it. And now it seems like we're having all of these solutions that have come out in the last five years that are so, so exciting to a lot of those, like we said, many problems that need to get addressed to fight climate change as a whole. Yeah, I mean, the chemical industry in general, I have been 12 years in the chemical industry, um, is responsible for 4% of the uh, CO2 emissions. Um, um, and um, so we also see a lot of movement towards sustainability in the industry uh, overall. Like mm-hmm. ca- carbon capture is getting big momentum with these credits. Um, hydrogen energy, people are looking that closely. Some want to speaking about ammonia, green ammonia over there because of the, um, but that technologies are too experimental now. Yeah. But yeah, so this is happening and there are several ways of doing this. So 
let's take a step back and, and go back to Berkham and yeah. talk more about your company for a second. So how did you and the Berkham team discover the clay additive that you're using in plastic production? Oh, it took it 25 years uh, <laughs> to, to come to this point because, you know, the clay is, is uh, old material. Uh, for centuries we use it, mm-hmm. so nothing new over there. And I've used a lot of, lot of people thought like if we combine these take a plastic, mix it with clay, clay should improve certain properties. That that's mm-hmm. um, uh, there, there is a logic over there. Lots of materials packaging people tried that, but the problem was that um, they were getting hazy bottles. So I mean, I don't have examples here. So it was barely possible to see through. Got it. Uh, so uh, uh, it, the, the light scattering and so on was causing haziness. And the improvement, yeah, there was an improvement, a sort of haziness was no go. Um, and the improvements were not that significant. So what, what makes us different that using nanotechnology, my background is in nanomaterials, um, uh, professor managed to um, Combine clay with PET, improve kept, uh, several key material properties while keeping it as transparent as your average soda bottle. That's so interesting. That makes what makes us different. That uh, compared to that, again, I will repeat myself. We can combine these two clay and ma- plastic, keep crucial transparency, and improve material properties significantly, like 29 times, 52 times improvement in key material properties. That's just so interesting to me. I mean, hand up, I only took one chemistry course in college. So, you know, I give you a ton of credit for being able to pull this all together. But yeah, that's just, that's so cool that you're able to just basically take this material we've been using for, God, centuries and apply it to something that is, you know, within the last hundred years or so that, that plastic's really taken off. So that's so interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. In terms of, and this is again, you know, Matt. Lot of things as not only business and so on. It's a lot of things about timing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, professor again spent 25, 30 years on doing this, and it really started working on after nanotechnology was invented in late 90s. You know, that way the nanotechnology picked up because she said, I'm um, back in time when we started. I was getting hazy buses. It was not normal, but. Sort of nanotechnology brings new uh, um, uh, opportunities, new ways of looking at the old things, um, and that that's that way. That timing, the appearance of nanotechnology helped to achieve this. So times matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like with a lot of you know, not even just in, in this conversation, but just in general, timing is everything. You could have the yeah, best idea yeah. in the world at the wrong time, and it's not going to take off. So it's yeah. really cool that came together. Yeah. But yeah, we are excited about this, um, um, that sort of we now heading towards um, PET is that soda bottles are our main market. We are having a pilot with several global brand owners. Um, now, as we move forward, um, we will also um, uh, go to other packaging materials like trash bags and uh, caps and so on. Um, but our technology I want to highlight here also helps recycling in many ways. So uh, there, I want to highlight that contribution too. Got it. 
So I have one more question for you. Sure. Why would you say that cutting down on single-use plastics is so important? Um, so obviously, um, it is managing uh, the more plastic you have is more probability. At a certain point, it becomes a probability game, you know, a numbers game. More plastic out mm -hmm. there you have, more in, in the probability of using this, uh, 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 well, the pro more probability that it will end up in the landfills or in the ocean. So mm -hmm. you, you basically, by using less single plastics, you reduce probability of ending it in the environment. And you use less, if you produce less of that, basically you emit less CO2. So uh, it is like really through the value chain. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. We were talking, I believe it was last month now, and one of the things yeah. we talked about was microplastics in the ocean and how they kind of end up there. And one of the things we found was that wastewater treatment facilities can filter out between 83 to 99% of microplastics, but plastic is produced at such a large scale that even that 1% or a fraction of 1% that's getting through, it accumulates and it's going to get into the ocean. So you know, like you said, playing the probability game, reducing the likelihood that plastic is going to get out into the landfills or out into the ocean. sounds like a win-win. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, but we have to work uh, with the whole value chain to reduce that. And um, so, I, uh, uh, yeah, another point, what, what, another important part of this sort of, this is on the end of the value chain, consumers and the environment. Another point is that, to being you able to use bio-based uh, source uh, uh, like materials, I want to hear highlight origin materials. They are doing good jobs. They are building. If I am not wrong, the biggest and first uh, large-scale uh, uh, plant in California, where they basically will be uh, um, uh, getting PET soda bottle raw material from wood. Wow. So biosource, so you don't need to have to have a, a fossil fuels. So this kind of solution on industrial or on economical sales are part of the equation, sort of, um, because packaging value chain is really responsible for a lot of packaging value, uh, uh, plastic pollution. Got it. All right. So we end every interview with three fun rapid fire questions. You ready? Okay. Exciting. I didn't know that. Looking forward. <laughs> <laughs> all right number one what's your favorite animal uh my from eagle cool number two what is something you do to be more sustainable in your own life so i don't buy uh i buy a big containers of water uh with white buy and uh for my for example uh, art workout i always i have used the same bottle every time awesome and last one, what is one environmental topic you think my listeners should be more aware of after hearing from you today? So the plastic as a material will not go away, but it's not about getting rid of plastic. It's more about how we recycle that more, how we use less more, how we use biodegradable, compostable materials rather than uh, eliminating plastic. Got it. All right, Bruce, thank you so much for your time today. I, I definitely learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners are going to learn a lot as well. And this was a lot of fun.
Thank you, Matt. It was great talking to you. You as well. So if people want to keep up with you or Berkham, where is the best place to do that? So, I mean, uh, the, the, the best place is going to be uh, through website. Uh, the, the website is barrows at berkham.co. Uh, so my email address. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy to follow up, uh, uh, sort of answer the questions. Lately, lots of investors have been reaching out because uh, a lot of investors are interested in the sustainability opportunities and so on. Um, that that we see lots of traction on that side, which is good. That sounds great. So yeah, we'll link the website in our show notes, and we'll throw your email in there as well in case anyone has any questions. So hopefully, okay. we don't flood your inbox too much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. All right. Thanks again. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of TPT. Thank you again to Baru's first time on this one. Make sure to hit the link in your show notes to learn more about Berkham. Nick and I are going to be back on Friday for some quick hits to send you into your weekend. But until then, make sure to follow along on our socials at Planet Today Pod for clips from the show. For the Planet Today, I'm Matt Norton. See you on Friday.